So, Michelle. So, David. I'm going to throw one at you and it's going to surprise you. you throw, what are you throwing at me? I am going to throw you a, a an episode idea and it's going to blow your mind that I'm doing this. Okay. Is that because you forgot to tell me what we're talking about? Kind of that. But yeah. also, the subject, the way I'm framing this, in defence of Scott Morrison. Fuck. Yeah. How did we get here? <laughs> well, we've been all around the world lately. We've been we have. to China, and we've mm-hmm. been to Russia, and we've been all over the place. I know, without a passport too. Exactly. You know, I, I actually got one recently. I, I even paid the extra to get early, and it came in like 15 seconds. Right, now. Why? I, Where are you going? I, I travelled to Singapore. Oh, yeah, that's right, for some chilli mud crab. <laughs> chilli mud crab and hang out with the missus. Yeah. Right, now, I want to talk about Scott Morrison, and okay. I, want to, I want in his defence, because he is currently facing a few trials. And tribulations, and one of the things well, he's, he's pretty much faced them. We are uh, no, no, no. This he's is, been censured. There's no, that's got nothing to do with it. This well, is he's the, the first PM in Aussie history to be censured. I mean, what? that's a thing. <laughs> you know what? He stood there and went, "Hey, look, it's your fault that I did." For all this not thing. asking me if I had multiple portfolios. Yeah, hello. Now, this is the really interesting point. Mm. He created a thing called the Cabinet of One, right, <laughs> where he was a cabinet. It sounds Right. Cabinet of one with many drawers. Yeah. Right? And cabinets, are go- the word cabinet is going to be used a lot in this episode simply because I want to talk about cabinet leaks and cabinet documents. Okay. Now, you've got a look on your face right now that is just literally watch your face glaze. Over. No, you know what? I, I'm on 4 a.m. starts at the moment, so the glaze is well and truly here. Yeah, the, the glaze has been there forever. So, yeah. look, I want to talk about just how many documents our parliamentarians are losing at the moment. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah. You're listening to I Spy, the locked cabinet of Australian intelligence. Oh, bugger. Uh, mm. Keys. Do you have the keys? No. No. I thought you had No, I gave you the keys. No, I gave them back to you. Oh, no. I dropped them in the tray at that you party. Oh, party. the swinger party? Yeah. Is that why you don't have clothes on? Hello and welcome to I Spied. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and we're going to talk about cabinet leaks and yep. in defence of Scott Morrison, th- words yep. I never pictured you would ever say. That's why I wanted to say it. That's okay. why I said it because I just want to see the shock in your eyes. Yeah. I went, I'm going to speak in defence of Scott Morrison. Probably not very well and it won't help No, him. and I'm like, and are you being ironic? Uh, well, yes and no. Right. Now, the big thing is Scott's going through, he's had his censure yeah. and, you know, the, the knack is coming up and he may be facing stuff with that But the mm. bi- and, you know, the whole ministry thing. But then there's this thing called robo-debt. Robo-debt. Right. Now, the robo-debt inquiry yes. is currently going on and Scott is about to appear at the robo-debt inquiry despite the fact that, you know, he's avoided appearing at most inquiries yeah. about him. And one of the things his lawyers said, in, this man's good reputation is on the line – Oh, is that a thing he still has? I know. When you stop laughing, hold it in. Right. His good reputation is on the line and the only way we can defend it is you release all the cabinet documents to do with RoboDebt. Okay. This is a huge problem. Why? Cabinet documents should not be released. Okay. Now, despite the fact that they should not be released, they tend to get released a lot more than they should. Or sometimes they're found in back alleys uh, in Canberra. Or found in – and we're going to talk filing about filing cabinets. Cabinet, yeah. Because that actually helped me a lot. That, right. That little mistake was a really big bonus for me. So the whole thing is he's basically turned around and said, I want those cabinet documents released. Now, mm. the thing is there's a little thing called public interest immunity. Oh. And it's a legal term. Now, the whole thing is public interest immunity is when someone says, look, we need to look at that document in court. Yep. Now, the whole thing is the court then has to go, well, harm cannot be done to the government or the public service by the revelation of these documents, right, by disclosure. But the court should not be limited to the access to the 
evidence that they need to make a decision. Right. Right. Now, there are two particular kinds of documents. There's content where you go, we want this specific document to talk about this specific thing. And the other one is the class of documents, which is we want all of these sorts of documents and we're going to look around and find what it is. So it's a fishing expedition. Cabinet documents come under class. Okay. And there's a really important reason. Have you ever heard of the Chatham House rule? Yes. Right. Which means anything that's said at a meeting, you can talk about it outside the meeting, but you cannot accredit it to anyone at the meeting. Absolutely. Right. Now, cabinet... Because that, that gets talked about a lot in journalism. Oh, yeah. I should imagine because you're off the record. And yes. The record. And the Chatham House rule, because I think what happened a few years ago was there was a get-together of liberals and someone had basically, a journalist had come out and said, so-and-so had said this. Yeah. And they were like, well, we thought we were under Chatham House rules. We thought it was Chatham House rules, dude. You should sorry, have done but if that. you say really shit things, yeah. people deserve to know about it. What goes on at Liberal Party drinks stays <laughs> at Liberal Party drinks. Yeah, because kind of they literally treat it like it's Vegas. Yeah, 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 it is yep. Vegas. Now, Cabinet's Vegas too. Yeah. To the point where you actually don't talk about a lot of what goes on in Cabinet and there's a but really important... bet a lot. <laughs> well, there's a really important reason for it, right? It guarantees that you're going to get frank and open discussions mm. on policy decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. Because if everybody's opinion got aired after Cabinet, well, there would be hell to pay because suddenly it's like, well, you know, Josh over there said of course. I, I shouldn't. Of course. Um, right, so we no, don't makes do sense. Now, the big problem is because of that, Cabinet documents are highly, highly classified. They're also highly classified because they deal with some incredibly important shit. 100%. They should totally be classified. Exactly. Right. The thing is Scott's not having a good time with his Cabinet documents. No. He... he I don't know if you heard, but he got a letter from Mark Dreyfus recently going, please stop talking about what you talked about in Cabinet because you're not allowed to. Well, he basically had opened up to two journalists who were writing a book about him and Plagued. told them what was going on yeah, and, and what was spoken about. Basically said, well, you know, X said this and I said that. And yes. Completely ignored the Chatham House rules and completely ignored the classified nature of those discussions yes. and that information because he revealed the fact that, yeah, we're planning on doing a bit of economic coercion against mm. China. Well, he's the problem with that is now China knows you're going to do that. So that plan's kind of off the board. Not that it's their problem anymore because he's not in government. So the whole thing is it's there to protect these guys. Now, the problem is we're not really good at keeping our cabinet documents where they're meant to be. Case in point. The ones that ended up in a filing cabinet just, you know, being sold? Sold in a second-hand furniture store that I have visited on a number of occasions because I'm that kind of guy. I really like that old government sort of aesthetic when I'm – Yeah. Well, actually, I was looking for a small desk to use in I Spied, which made the whole cabinet filing document – for me, it became a very personal and wonderful thing to happen. So just to tell you a story, somebody went and bought two filing cabinets from this Mm -hmm. ex-government second-hand furniture store. And this was about like seven years ago, eight years ago. 2018, February 2018, I know, because I was at the Perth Fringe Festival doing my live version of I Spied. Uh, When it comes on, I'll let you all know. Come and check it out. It's really funny. Okay. I mind. Stop plugging your stuff. It's my show. If there's anywhere I can plug my stuff, it's this. And it's not organised yet, so don't panic. Okay. I wasn't panicking. I didn't. So anyway, these two filing cabinets were found. Now, they're extra cheap if you can't find the keys for them. Yeah. So these filing cabinets didn't have keys. So a bloke bought them, took them back, put them in his garage, left them there for a couple of weeks, and then went, I better get a drill. Mm. Drilled out the locks, opened it up, and it was 
Top Secret, Top Secret Osteo, Amazing. Cabinet and Confidence, you name it, Brilliant. it had it all. How it, does it? How does that happen? How does that happen? Well, basically, someone lost the keys to that cabinet and when a minister, no doubt some minister moved out. Now, it would have been a Labor minister that mm. had them in the cabinet. They can guarantee that simply because they're Labor, they were Labor cabinet documents. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, Liberal Party don't care what the Labor Party did, only to dismantle it. Anyway, moving on. So the whole thing was he opened it up. And he went, oh, my God, I found all these classified documents. Mm. What will I do? I'll ring the ABC because they're the guys that know what to do with classified documents. Wow. See, here's the other problem. If he'd just rung, say, ASIO or the police, we would never have known about this. But he went, hang on, I'm going to sell these to the ABC. But also it's a good yarn. It's a great yarn, right, because we've got to see this really amazing piece of history. But the other thing that's really important about this is – I was doing a show, my ASIO show at Perth. I'm sorry, your what? My ASIO show, oh, I Spy. Okay. I Spy? Yeah, okay. same title as this okay. podcast. Yep. Anyway, I was doing the show and it, as you, uh, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but if, whenever you go to a comedy festival, you do spend the the days leading up to it going, why am I doing this? No one's going to watch me. I'm a loser and everyone hates me. I, who cares about me? I used to work for ASIO. I who feel cares? like that's something you would say every day. Pretty much when I get yep. out of bed. That's what yep. I, my wife even says it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said it in the car on the way. Yeah, I loser. did. What am I doing? You're wasting yeah, your time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what happens was he basically, I, he, I, I'm sitting there going, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> Talking in the third person. Now I'm so important. Yeah. Right. So I'm sitting on the plane, flying over to Perth, going, what's the point? I'm going to die. This is awful. No, I'm going to see it. And I open the paper and there is ASIO, secure cabinet documents. And I went, what? what? And, of course, read the story and went, oh. Just amazing because the publicist, who's a lovely friend of mine in mm. um, Perth, I love to talk to you. Leveraged you know, the shit out of that. Oh no my doubt. god, was I the <laughs> darling of breakfast radio yeah. and afternoon radio and evening because radio. they because they had someone to talk about. Yeah, well, it was Perth. They had something to talk about. Yeah, and somebody who knew something. Now the interesting thing is when ASIO showed up, and I remember watching the footage and going, "Oh, Scotty, I remember you." Right. So anyway. Two blokes mm. walk into Parliament House pushing one filing cabinet because one of the filing cabinets was in Parliament House in the ABC office and one filing cabinet was in the Brisbane yeah. ABC office. Right. So How, anyway, why separate? Well, you don't want everyone to get – if you were leaving in one place, you could lose it all. Okay, um, okay. Like the way the government did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, what happens is yeah, they wheel it in, they open the cabinet, they take the files out of the old cabinet, mm. put them in the new cabinet, close the cabinet, lock it, and then hand the keys to the ABC journalist. Now, the big question I kept getting asked in Perth was, hang on, why didn't they just take them away? Really good point. A, not ASIO's files. Right? Oh, yeah, of course. Their job is to secure the files. Oh, not okay. Bring them home. So they just turned a key. They went. There's your key. Oh my god! Click. You you could have done. You now I see your, what your role was see? in ASIO. Yeah, you were the yeah, key turner. Yeah, I could be the guy that goes. <laughs> your your files are secure. And then throw the keys and in slow motion them watch them fall down a drain. One hundred. And everyone goes. Frost Fuck. God. Why don't you quit? Anyway, so what happened was these guys did that and, of course, I became the darling of WA Radio mm. and sold my show out. You became a personality. <laughs> That's what they're called out there. That's right. When I did my, uh, what is it, my uh, acknowledgement of country and you know, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we stand, Kerry Stokes and Gina Reinhart. Boku laughs. Yeah. Anyway, so the whole thing is ASIO went in there. Now, it was a great question. Why didn't ASIO take the files? One, they're not ASIO's files. They're yep. Prime Minister and Cabinet's files. Yep. Two, I'm sorry, The you know, literally we're not here to herd horses. The barn is empty. The horses have gone. We're herd just horses. shutting. Fuck spiders, herd horses. 
You know, oh, herd. Herd. I thought you meant hurt. <laughs> hurt horses. Why are you? I'm why not are here you, to hurt horses. Why are you hurting the horses? That's the jockey's job. I'm like. Uh, I was so confused uh, by that. Okay. Don't worry. Right. So, you know, uh, the horses bolted. We're just shutting the barn door. Literally, yeah. it was that. They were like, there's nothing we can do. Shut the door. It's done. Yeah. The information has been disseminated already. It's it's, it's out. literally declassified. Yep. Not, and not in a Donald Trump way where we just went, it's declassified. So, But it, still <laughs> needs, it is still classified material. It still needs to be locked in. Yes. Right. So that was the big thing. Now, the problem is this isn't a rare occurrence. This happens a lot. Penny Wong is kind of got in the frame back in 2015. No, it was, mm. um, yeah, it was just after Abbott became Prime Minister. Mm. And, of course, Penny Wong oh, got a clear out of the, my minister's office, and she did. And they left a cabinet of files in there. And some of them, again, top secret, osteophiles, that mm. sort of stuff. But the worst the, – and she, there was about 200 documents in there. The worst offenders, though, you love this. The AFP. Oh, why? In eight years, they've lost something like 400 cabinet documents. Well, the AFP, I can't imagine. I know. I just always see them driving around in cars. Do they have offices? Yeah, they do. Okay. Uh, the Edmund Barton building in Canberra is okay. like the headquarters and also I think that's where the Attorney General is. Hmm. Um, and also they drive around cars in the eastern suburbs because they're looking after diplomats. Is that why I always see them? It's mainly protective <laughs> services. Those right. AFP guys. Because they're see, everywhere in the yeah, eastern suburbs. Yeah, yeah, they always show up at the coffee shop down at Rose Bay yeah. Wharf. And Don't tell everyone. No, 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 they're just buying coffee. They're not showing up. <laughs> They're, they're showing up to buy coffee and make sure I get on that ferry because they're yes. going, we're watching your Instagram, Callum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so the thing is the AFP have lost quite a few over eight years, a whole ton of them because mm. here's a lovely little fact you don't know. How do we make sure people have still got the files they've got? I don't know. We do an audit. Oh, How like exciting tax. is that? Where we basically say we understand, and I used to do this at ASIO. I used to sit there and go, let's do an audit. Let's see where all these files are. Yeah. And the number, and this is the thing, the nature of human beings will do this. You'd send a, a little thing out saying, we understand that you hold um, 561020, which is Abu Nadal mm. in Addis Ababa. Mm. Right, you've got that file. And they'd sort of go, no, I don't. Great, fine. We're now going to do a complete audit of every file you have. Right. So we go up, open their cabinet, take out every single file they have, list them and also have their what's called a distribution card so mm. we know where the file's meant to be. And the number of times you pull that up and you just look and go, you shouldn't have that one, that one or that one and where's this one, this one and this one. Oh. Because here's the thing, the nature of the beast is I've got a piece of information, I've got to get it to the guy at the next desk. Mm. Now normally what's meant to happen is you send a transfer slip so you write on it, I'm passing this file to this person, this person then signs the transfer slip and it goes down to the file and we change the card. But most of the time you just go, here's a file, take it. And mm. you pass it to the guy over there and he locks it in his cabinet and suddenly the file is lost. So now, all this paper pushing mm. sounds so government, like it's peak government. Oh. Surely there's a better way for this. Well, now you have a better way because it's all computerised. Right. Most of it is now going to be computerised. You would think. But your cabinet documents, you still have to have hard copy. Oh, my God. And you don't want to put your really, really highly classified stuff online or in a database because that way it can get hacked. Can get pilfered, can get hacked. Now, admittedly, if you look at, say, the ASIO computer system or most government secure systems, they are isolated to the internet yeah, um, or isolated in such a way that to get into them would be very, very complicated. But with this, basically, it came down to a point as a human being is mm. the the weakest link in the chain every time. Now we've got Scott Morrison going, and this is the guy who used cabinet in confidence 
as a weapon right through his mm. entire prime ministership. Every time people would say, well, did, was it discussed? I thought you meant to be in defence of Scott Morrison. I am. Okay. In this sounds very accusatory. And it's indefensible. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no one saw me fold my arms in that cocky way, but I did it anyway. Yeah. Right, so Morrison, it's an interesting point that he's doing here. Well, like right. He he's, has spent his career going cabinet in confidence and uh, very, very opaque as opposed to transparent. He's been very, very difficult. to. He keeps everything in the shadows. Mm. Now, the thing is now he's going, I want my cabinet documents as evidence. The problem with that is, one, it's going to reveal a lot of stuff that should not be revealed. Oh, yeah. Right, because we have that little principle called need to know, which means if you need to know, we'll tell you. But generally, we don't need to know. And this was also happening at the time where there was a lot of emergency powers going on. Well, I mean, he had he he literally and, was and a cabinet pro- of one and five at the same time. But there's also a lot of things in those documents that you know the government probably wouldn't want to be made public. Well, there was a lot of national security COVID yeah. material that's in there, yes. like stuff that was going on with COVID that was reflecting on national like how security. the vac- vaccines killed everyone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mean, I'm dead already. Yeah, I, yeah. I've had three. I'm waiting for my fourth. That will be completely necrotic. You will die from that one. Yes, that's what I need. It'll get me out of having to. Yeah. Cook Christmas ham. Great. Anyway, right, so he wants that. Now, the other thing about doing that is it's also, to me, I mm-hmm. think it's Scotty going, if I'm going down, you're all coming with right. me. Because all of these decisions around robo-debt, right, now it, we're going back to the robo-debt stuff. So we're going back to before he was prime minister. He'll be under Abbott. Mm-hmm. under Turnbull and then his own prime ministership. Yep. So he's going to be wanting to get a lot of cabinet documents. Now, depending on what it is, you can redact them. Sure, that's fine. But the biggest problem will be with redaction is one time. It takes a long time to redact a lot of documents. Mm. And I think he wants something like 4,000. The other thing that's really important about this is a lot of people aren't going to want people to know what they were saying and thinking in their cabinet no, meetings. No, not at all. He's like literally making no friends. Yeah, well, I don't I don't think he has any left, does he? No. I think that's part of the problem. I think even Stuart Roberts doesn't talk to him anymore. Anyway, so this is the really important thing about what Scott Morrison's doing right now. I think he's doing a slash and burn sort of mm. – it's Carthage. He's going to salt the soil once he's torn Well, it's kind of like what Malcolm Turnbull did Well, well and Malcolm, continues to do. Well, Malcolm Turnbull also – I think I, I like Nicky Savar's thing about it is he wasn't always the smartest person in the room. I mean, that's one but of the But he had things. a massive ego. Well, he had a huge ego. I mean, yes, but he kind of, as soon as he was ousted, went on a rampage of trying to destroy the Liberal Party. Yeah, it was very it was very Kevin Rudd. Yeah. It was very Kevin I, Rudd. Well, because they all have the same thing in common. They're psychopaths. Well, that is the great and thing. And narcissists. What is it? You know, as Douglas <laughs> Adams said, anybody who has the ability to put themselves into a position of power should not be trusted with no, it. No. Right? Because no. it make, it takes a massive ego to get yourself yes. there. And look, when we look at Scott Morrison, we're in, now talking a pretty massive ego. Yeah. Right? Uh, somebody that turns around and goes, I believe that I can do your job better than you and I don't trust anybody and I don't need to tell you what I'm doing. That's a guy that's – got issues i know and he went for that whole daggy dad vibe and i never i like i saw right through that yeah of course i mean if you want to know what a daggy dad looks like just well you know, if you i'm looking know, at it yeah exactly if you want to know what he is like you're hearing it right now yeah and in fact let's be honest after the shorts debacle there's a lot of daggy dads out there well yeah we, we did get a few people who were in support of what you're wearing yeah, i'm looking at you salty sea dog yeah, yeah, thanks, Salty. It's good terrible. to know I've got at least yeah. one friend out there, yeah. and I believe I do. I only have one friend. So, the bottom line of what what's been going on here is it 
comes down to the most important part of what we do with our elected officials, mm. right? You you don't get vetted when you're elected into parliament, right? That's so random. It is kind of weird. We're letting these people. But you have to like you have to answer questions, right? And there has been instances that oh, if yeah. you do get voted in, like if you do get voted in, yeah. then they vet you and then they find out that you lied. Then well, you're in you are, the problem with an elected official is we can't exactly vet them, right? At, at the time that I worked, you just for let ACL, journalists do that. Well, kind of, yeah. That's your job, Fourth Estate. Get on with it. Now, the big thing is if we've elected you to Parliament, we don't care what mess you've created earlier. Well, there there is the classic case. In fact, you know what we should. Pauline Hanson. Uh, well, let's go back a bit further back <laughs> in the seventies and the Whitlam government. Mm. Lionel Murphy, who became a High Court Justice, mm. but was the Attorney General, so he was in charge of ASIO at the time. He raided the ASIO building. Why? Because he wanted to see his file. Oh, right. brilliant. Because there was an idea that he I mean, was a KGB operative and his Polish wife was a KGB operative as well. So, and look, that's a great ep- – yeah, I'm going to And that's that not down. a terrible use of power, is it? I'm writing it down. <laughs> uh, well, again, this guy was not vetted. Right. right? We don't vet our elected officials so because random. they're elected officials. That's so random. We just got to kind of trust them, right? And this what? is – Trust. I know. <laughs> I know. You're standing there. Stop just waving your hand and going, for sure. Trust. Yeah, trust. That's for the proles. That's crazy. I know. That's crazy talk, Callan. What do you want? Yeah. Right. The whole thing is basically our elected officials, they are briefed, mm. certainly briefed on how they're meant to handle classified material. Yeah. That doesn't mean they follow those rules constantly. I mean, a good politician or a good person will do it, but there are other people that go, oh, by the way, have a look at this. And who knows what happens behind closed doors. There's a lot of classified material lying around. Well, not lying around, locked away in cabinets. And you've just got to pray that someone remembers to keep the But then what, what are we going to do with that? It just builds and builds and builds. What do you do with it? What's the end result? What's the end game? I What's, don't get it. All right. The end game is this. Right. That's a great question because this will help me bring it all in, into a, a nice sharp little, relief. Nice little a nice little bow, bow on top with a little hat like my mango chutney jar. Right. Okay. <laughs> The thing is this, we need to depend, and this is one of the things that's, again, Scott Morrison, mm. in defence of Scott Morrison, and oh. in defence is one I, look at Look at you. The look on your face. I wish the listeners could see the look on your face because you said in defence of Scott Morrison and you were trying not to laugh out loud. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. What it is is this. is classified material and our intelligence services, and we've spoken about this before, mm. cannot be politicised. Yeah. Right? So cabinet documents are incredibly sensitive material. We don't want to use them in a political way. We want to use them as a record of how our government has made the decisions mm. and created the policy that it is enacted. Right? Scott Morrison is now uh, really politicising our intelligence. And this is a – it is a leitmotif. It happens more under conservative governments than it happens under more left-leaning governments. Mm. So it generally happens under the Liberal Party. It doesn't happen so much under the Labor Party, though it, you know, it can. Again, Lionel Murphy is a great example of that. But the whole thing is – what we need is politicians that are more responsible with intelligence. They love talking about national security and mm. how they, they really respond to it, but it doesn't mean they actually follow the rules. The other thing we need is we need to make sure their staffers are vetted, right? These are people that are brought in. They are not public yeah. servants. They are employees of the politician and they need to be vetted and vetted heavily. But are, you're saying they're not? I think they are. I think but they, they are. But I think they government, need, they work for the government. No, they don't. They work for the politician. The staffers work for the politician. Well, I know state-wise they work for the government. All right. 
Even even though they're like, okay, even though they, they work for a politician, the politician will hire them, they're still government workers. They're still government employees. And they get the benefits of government employees. I did think that if they were staffers, they were under the budget of the office, yes. but they weren't necessarily employees of the government. All right, this yes. is Yes, bra- they're still employees of the government, but they're hired by the particular MPs. You know what? If anyone out there knows that. No, I do. I'm just telling you. I know. But <laughs> it's like, fuck. If anyone out there knows how heavily vetted I'd like to, staffers are, please get in touch with us. Actually, you know what? I could probably I could probably make some phone calls and find out. Well, I was just going to say at I Spy Podcast on Twitter. Okay, so you can knows do that. that. Just so the listeners can, even if they don't, if they want to look at the photos. Because let me tell you, when journalists get sick of journalising, yep. they move to the dark side and work for ministers. Well, I mean, that's the, the classic example is Nikki Savar, who was – Working as they a, all do a journalist, then became a media advisor to mm. John Howard. I yeah, think. we all go. We all become media advisors because you know what? Government benefits. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> flex time um, and lots more money. Oh, yeah, there's a ton more money yeah. in there. But the whole thing is, we need to look after our documents better. And oh yes, look, even ASIO lost files only in the building. We didn't lose them on bus stops or stuff like that. That's a filthy <laughs> lie. I never did that, uh, and I, I did. I actually didn't. Mm, sounds but, like you might have. No, but it is. It comes down to that fact is, you know, looking after our documents Mm. is paramount to maintaining our security and using them as either a cudgel in a a legal process or using them to boast to journalists is not the way to do this. Not the way to do this and definitely do not do what Trump did with them. Bottom line is don't take your work home. No, don't take your work home. I I love that that was his excuse. I was taking my work home with me. No, mate. You were not. No, you weren't. You weren't. <laughs> and look, there is a, that, that was a defence used by a potential mole in ASIO. Mm. Uh, we've spoken about him, George Sedil, when they found documents in his house. He went, oh, I was bringing work home. No, and were. then one of the senior management at ASIO turned around and went, we all do it. It's like everyone went, no, no we're we not don't. allowed to do it. We don't. <laughs> you know that. They search our bags And then on the those two people got fired. Uh, one of them did and the other one sort of. Retired. He was. He was such an annoying guy. He used. To, we used to have first edition books in the yeah. Azo library, and he would write in pen oh, on the yeah. page, going, "This is incorrect." It's like, I dude. Me- I remember you telling me this. It's a first edition. I love how you've never let that go. I won't. I won't. It's a first edition. That's worth money. If yeah. Azo ever goes broke, they can sell its library. Anyway, I feel like you failed defending Scott Morrison. I- oh, did I? Oh, yeah. damn. I mean, oh. I. I just. I think he's indefensible. I. I do believe that that is his position at this point in time. I think beyond everything, Mm. bottom line is trying to use cabinet documents to defend your reputation when it's quite plain you don't really have one anymore. Yeah. Is... It's not a defence. It's, to me, it's a slash and burn tactic on the way out. He's burning everything behind him. And I don't even think he sees it as that's what he's doing. The fact that he said, if you asked me the right <laughs> questions, I would have asked. I know, that was my favourite. No one asked me if I held multiple offices. Cut to Ben Ford going, uh, did you hold more than that? Oh, oh gee, I, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, come I, on. I, I'll look into that. What, you were there at the swearing ceremony, you goose. Right, anyway. There's no defence. There is no defence. <laughs> I'm like, is that what we're getting at here? No defence. And no, that's it. And this is the last time we're going to spend half an hour together. We're going to be doing some uh, bite-sized eps to get you through the Christmas New Year. Yeah, just little stupid stuff. Yes. So, look. Because hey. because if there's one thing that David Kellen does real well is little stupid stuff. <laughs> that's what my wife says every time I 
come into the bedroom. <laughs> I knew we were going to go there. Now it's, there's a visual. Can't right. get it out. Can't so it out. Uh, have a lovely Christmas, uh, Kwanzaa, uh, Ramadan, whatever it is, uh, Hanukkah. Enjoy whatever festive season you Feliz have. Navidad. Uh, Feliz Navidad. Navidad. Great song. Feliz Navidad. Navidad. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Right, okay. And Bye. Like, and um, thank you to all our listeners. Thank you yes. to all the people that contributed yes. over Twitter at Ice Podcast. Have a happy new year. Yeah, we'll, we're still around. Yeah, we'll be about. Bye.